Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 20. At that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He travelled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognise him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. In the beginning, the earth was formless, empty, and dark. So God started things off in a flash of glory with these words. Let there be light. Blazing, brilliant, shining, life-giving light is how he started. But it didn't take long after God's very good creation was complete for darkness to reappear as rebellion, staining beauty, blocking truth, and breaking trust. God's created light had been fractured, and his eternal light had been rejected. For generations after that, God sent echoes of his truth and light by way of priests, kings, prophets, and poets. But always, darkness reared its ugly, evil head to do all it could to stamp out light and keep people forever in darkness. So, God did a new thing. He sent not just light, but the light of the world, his own son, to reveal himself and to rescue people. 
It happened like this. Because of a government decree, Joseph, a carpenter from Nazareth in the north, had to travel about 90 miles south on foot from his hometown to his ancestral town to fill out some official paperwork. He brought with him his fiancée Mary, even though, according to Luke, she was obviously very pregnant. Maybe Joseph thought there'd be time to get to Bethlehem and back again before Mary delivered. But as so often happens, the baby didn't consult with anyone before showing up, and his timing in a lot of ways couldn't have been worse. Mary and Joseph weren't home with family and friends and familiar midwives. They didn't have the comfort of their own space. They didn't have the comfort of any place since no one had any extra lodging, maybe because there were so many out-of-town visitors showing up to fill out official paperwork. But in his typically upside-down way, God's timing was perfect, and he arranged that his son would be born in a nondescript, unidentified shelter that was meant for animals. God himself, the creator, the light of the world, come to shatter and demolish darkness, was born in a dark stable or cave or lean-to or house add-on. We don't know exactly what kind of shelter it was. We only know that it wasn't the kind that travelers would be looking for, especially a traveler who was obviously very pregnant. Have you ever noticed and wondered about all of the nighttime undertones in the Christmas story? There was a star in the night sky. There were shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night. We often host candlelight services in the darkness of night, and we stay up late into the night to celebrate Christmas Eve. And it was at night, in the dark, when an angel appeared to shepherds of all people. Right among them, says the story, not dangling somewhere high up in the sky, but right there, so close that the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. We often picture the angel at a distance, high above, far away, floating mysteriously and mightily above Earth's surface. But this angel and the host that joined him, just like the Messiah whose birth he announced, came close, face to face with a group of unnamed, unidentified, unspectacular, unflashy shepherds who were terrified by his arrival and maybe by his overwhelming appearance that embodied and reflected and refracted light all around them. Why do you suppose God chose shepherds as the very first people to hear about the birth of the Messiah? It seems so upside down. Why not priests or social leaders or rich men or wealthy women or political powerhouses or famous leaders? Why shepherds? Well, shepherds are a pretty big deal in the Bible. From Abraham to Isaac to Moses to David to Amos to Jesus, who called himself the Good Shepherd. God's story is always overturning the expected rules and norms to make space for everyone who is humble and faithful and true. And besides, who but shepherds would really understand the sign and significance of the Messiah being laid in a manger, an animal's feeding trough that is mentioned nowhere else in the entire Bible except in this story with the shepherds. 
That's something that shepherds would understand and recognize. And why do you suppose that that was the sign that God chose to mark and identify his only son? Why not something like, you will recognize him by his supernatural glow, or by the golden crown that I've already laid on his head, or maybe by the beautiful embroidered silk royal robe draped around his shoulders. No, God was pleased to have his only son wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger, visited by shepherds in the darkness of night that would now be forever swept away by the light of life, who was born as a human baby and reigns now as the divine King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Quite honestly, everything about the Christmas story is foolish from a worldly point of view. But this story changed the world forever, and it will change our hearts and minds and lives if we allow it to, like the shepherds did, who hurried to the village to find the baby and then told everyone what had happened and who the child was as they went back to their flocks, back to work, back to their livelihoods, back to their vocational place, back to the day-in, day-out realities of their lives that didn't suddenly transform into fame and fortune. Their lives were still the same in most ways, but were also changed in every way because they had heard from God and they had seen Jesus. The story says that as they returned back to their very ordinary lives, the shepherds glorified and praised God for all they had heard and seen. This Christmas, may we all hear the truth and see the light that is Jesus Christ, God with us, who in the beginning said, Let there be light, and at Christmas said, The light is here. Because of that, we too can glorify and praise God like the shepherds did. Because now we need never walk in darkness again. Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.